Welcome to the Arts and Antique Radio Show, where your host, nationally recognized certified appraiser Elizabeth Stewart, Santa Barbara's treasure sleuth, will help you put a value on the treasures in your own home. Every time it rains, it rains, pennies from heaven. Don't you know each cloud contains pennies from heaven? So let's find out, how valuable is it? Hello, 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 Santa Barbara. It's your Chantress of Everything Valuable and Beautiful, Elizabeth Stewart. I got an email from my friend, Artie Livingston, and she is mentioning that she was in this show called We, the Western Edge Broad Spectrum had its opening very recently. And lo and behold, Artie sent me a roster of the artists that are involved in the show. I know all of them and I am pleased to uh, report that I've got four of them on the air with us today to talk about the show and why it's so interesting. Um, First of all, there's a lot about we that uh, RT can talk a little bit more about, but she sent me the pricey of the kind of philosophy of getting these artists together. There's different categories of artists in Western Edge. So it's we. Uh, there's all these Western Edge artists are female. They are all, as known to me, edgy, interesting, um, creative vibrant thinkers and doers, creative folks. So uh, RT writes as her usual eloquent self, living on the edge within we, style and motivation shifts from artist to artist, living on the edge of the continent in environmentally fragile California. This takes us into creative territory where highly personalized yet universal art is born. Several themes run through the group. And then RT divides them into really significant categories. She's got the storytellers. And they're the sort of narrative, their presentation is a narrative structure. The messengers, they are, um, I guess you could say, they're the, they're the people that have something to say, but they say it in really unique ways. Uh, one of the, uh, well, there's two that RT categorizes as messengers with us today. Nancy Gifford, who I adore, is here, and R.T. Livingston. Um, R.T. writes about Nancy. Nancy Gifford's use of language hits the viewer right between the eyes with its wit and humanity. Reduction is Gifford's strength. One strategic word can speak volumes. As she writes about herself, R.T. Livingston minds language, uncovering double entendre at every turn. With a painter's aesthetic and her multimedia approach, it's always in sync with the environment. The next category, super interesting, beyond realism. Um, And she's got some really interesting artists in that category. And abstractionist, we've got two abstractionists here today. We've got Marlene Strauss and we've got Joan Rosenberg Dent. Uh, About Marlene, R.T. writes, Marlene Strauss takes us into the realm of time travel, guided by her bird's eye view biomorphic abstractions. These indicate metaphorical landscapes trapped in liquid stasis, and they reveal the artist's own inner and outer world. Uh, I was interested in this comment, and I had Marlene send me two images, so I get a handle on what this looked like, what this liquid abstraction looked like. 
And I wish you guys were on TV because we could actually show these. There, in fact, all the artists here sent some images to me. But these Marlene's images are really, really. Mm, it looks like a sort of um, the top of something that glows at the same time it flows. It's very interesting. Joan Rosenberg, dentist here. She's been on our program before. She, well, this is what RT writes, looks to dance as she enters the third dimension with her seemingly fragile yet resilient porcelain abstractions. And so Joan Rosenberg, dense uh, porcelain are so interesting because she does kind of three-dimensional work, two-dimensionally and vice versa. I guess I can explain it like that. Um, she choreographs her translucent porcelain shapes by pulling, twisting, turning, and suspending them into their own spatial construct. Um, and I asked RT if she could send me just a one-liner of you know each of the artists that are here today. Um, so uh, Joan Rosenberg Dent again that metaphor of dance. She, her 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 short sentence. Art is my visual dance, enabling me to create abstracted forms, spatial relationships to one another. Nancy, Nancy Gifford, I love this. For me, painting is the refuge, refuge of the failed poet. <laughs> love it. Uh, and then we go on, RT, for example. Um, she says, in life and art, I bounce between the sublime and the ridiculous. And Marlene says, my process emulates the game of life where the future is unpredictable while the past never completely disappears. Uh, and I have to say, the show is up now, gang. And uh, you can see it uh, at the Thomas Reynolds Gallery, which is 1331 State Street. Uh, and there's various events going on. Um, it, they participate in Art Walk, for example, uh, and then there's a reception Friday. I think it's Fridays of February the 10th, where you can actually come and meet some of the artists and see some of the work. And just before we launch into, um, I want RT actually to talk a little bit about the show. I want to just name the artists that are in the show. Because if you're in Santa Barbara, you either collect these artists or you know these artists. They're quite famous, all of them in their own way. Dorothy Churchill Johnson, Joan Rosenberg Dent, Pamela Hill Enterkamp, Nancy Gifford, Holly Harmon, Ruth Ellen Hogue, Cynthia James, Artie Livingston, Cynthia Martin, Carrie Smith, Marlene Struess, and Sarah, uh, Susan Tibbles, and Veronica Walmsley. Uh, these are all participating in this show. Hey, Artie, are you there? Hey, I am here. And I'm sorry okay. that I don't, that, well, maybe I'm not sorry you can't see me. But it's <laughs> well, great it's to see you. Anyway, so what, what RT is talking about is for the sake of oh, being right. directed by Richard Dugan, our producer, we're on video, but we're we're on, obviously, if you're listening to us, you're, you're hearing us on the radio. RT, can you tell us, first of all, you're, you're, you're such a, so, so intelligent. How did you come up with We, Western Edge? And what does that mean to you? What does that edge, I know you're going to say, well, You've been to my studio, Elizabeth. You know that I'm a poster child for edginess anyway. But tell me about tell me about Western Edge. Well, we decided to call ourselves Western Edge. It's a, a group of artists. We actually started out as friends. And we were in a group called the Salonistas where we were supporting one another. And then 
all of a sudden, for some wonderful reason, we decided that we really wanted to take this up a notch and join together. And we decided on a name, the name being Western Edge, uh, because that's where we live. We live on the edge of this beautiful place in Central California. And we wanted to express our individuality, and yet there's a kind of pluralistic quality to our style. We're also vastly different. But essentially, we are riffing on living in this place. And as every artist does, no matter where you are, you're in a place. And whether certainly we're conscious of the fact that we take in our environment consciously and subconsciously. And because we're living in such precarious times in many, many ways, that it just felt right to give ourselves the moniker Western Edge. And then we use the acronym among ourselves. We refer to ourselves as we. So um, it's a remarkable group of artists. We're all accomplished. We've had long careers. And uh, it's an honor being among these people. I'll turn it over to some of the others. They have a lot to say. Uh, I just want to mention, RT writes me, she's got two pieces in the work, in the in the show. Um, she's got CIC number two, Cloud Bank, 2022, mm -hmm. and CIC number three, Sunrise, um, 2022. Um, mm -hmm. And I just have to mention uh, that RT is in the collection of my son. <laughs> He's got two pieces of RT's work. Um, and loves them. Uh, they're right in, well, he's now moved, RT's now moved to um, <laughs> San Diego and, and your your pieces are in the, the, the living room right by the fireplace. Um, oh, how lovely. Looking beautiful. And, you know, uh, a new set of eyes, is, eyes are going to see your pieces because um, 10 days ago I had a new grandchild so i'm a grandmother oh, now fabulous <laughs> so, congrats yeah, so so we have a grand a grand uh, a granddaughter who will be witnessing rt's two pieces in my son's house when she can uh -huh. actually start to focus that way that far away right. uh, so richard's giving us a sign we got to go to quick break i want to talk to joan rosenberg again when we get back from the break about her piece in the show and um, the event that she was telling us about was as we were going on to air and some of the people that showed up at the gallery. Um, Richard, let's go to quick break. We get back, Joan's gonna tell us a little bit about how the, how the gallery looks. I mean, we're on radio, but I wanna know how the gallery is hung and where, uh, where pieces are. And maybe we can get Joan to talk a little bit about Marlene's piece and Nancy's piece and Archie's piece um, when we get back from the break. Don't turn that down. Back in a second, we're celebrating We the Western Edge. Some of my favorite artists ever, uh, as Archie said, experienced wonderful artist uh, showing at the Thomas Reynolds Gallery, 1331 State Street, right now at, as we speak. Don't turn that down. Back in a minute.
Welcome back. It's Elizabeth Stewart. I'm talking with four of my favorite artists, Artie Livingston. I'm talking also with Nancy Gifford, Marlene Strauss, and Joe Rosenberg. And we decided that um, this was a perfect opportunity for Joan because she was there at the event to describe what the event looked like. So Joan, tell us about the event. Well, I was actually there when the curator was curating the event. And when she finished, I thought, oh, my gosh, this place is jammed. I left about a half an hour before she completely finished. When I walked in, I was shocked. It was stunning. She really spaced out the work. She gave breathing space to each piece. It was lit impeccably. I think Tom did a wonderful job on the lighting. The gallery just flowed. There was nothing in the way. We had crowds last night. It's it's a very exciting show because it's so eclectic. Every single person in that show really works in their own style. It wasn't a theme that we had to compromise our ideas or our concepts. We eat, It's very individualized, but yet each piece really pops because these are all artists that I think everyone's got pieces in a museum somewhere. Mm-hmm. So they, they put in very important pieces and uh, and because it's all so different, it's really exciting. You, you don't get stuck seeing the same thing over and over. It's very fresh and, and, and very clean. And it's just a beautiful show. I'm very proud to be in the show with, with my friends, you know, we were all friends for such a long time and we never ever showed before together. We never even thought of it. And what brought us together was our mission. We've decided now Mm -hmm. that we would like to really concentrate on museum shows. And this show kind of fell into our lap as a beginning point. And we said, let's just do it. Let's make our first show here in Santa Barbara, where we all live. And so our focus is much greater than Santa Barbara right now. But this was our beginning point to see how we all look together. And it's absolutely thrilling. Uh, it's a must-see show. Right, and talk about another shout out, Thomas Reynolds, uh, 1331 one, one, Stage Street. Uh, Joan was mentioning that all of the artists that we're talking to today are in museum collections. Um, I just want to mention that Joan's work is in the Renwick Gallery of the Smithsonian, to mention just a small institution, uh, Detroit Institute of Art, University of Michigan Museum of Art, Westmont Ridley Tree Museum of Art, Canton Art Institute, the University of California, Santa Barbara Special Collections, the Ridley Tree Cancer Center, the Butler Institute of American Art, Arnold Glimmer Collection, and many private collections. And we could actually go, I can't tell you about um, all the all the artists that are represented today, but you know, just kind of bragging on RT, whose lifelong archive was accepted by UCSB in their their special collections, uh, and so all of her work uh, for years and years and years, and um, uh, just RT just as I don't know, such a great thinker, such a great pal. She moved from New York to Santa Barbara in 2006. I met her in 2008 and uh, she did not have her accent still. 
I never did. He left the studio in, uh, his studios in Soho, Tribeca, East, uh, East Hampton, Woodstock, New York, etc. Um, and she, uh, when I first met her, I looked at the archive that she was planning on, on donating to UCSB. Uh, and she had, I mean, things that you just do not see. She had some of the early work that she was doing in New York. She had a piece, RT, if you remember, you had a piece where when you were publishing a magazine of the fine arts of, of a certain part of New York, a little known um, dancer was on the cover and you thought this little, this little dancer would someday um, have something important to say to the world. And that was Madonna at the time. Um, so RT's been, you know, right at the thick of things, um, the creative, uh, I guess, creative community for many, many years. And here she is in Santa Barbara in 2006. Um, I think the first time I saw her studio was probably 2000, probably 2010. I think we go back that far. She was oh, yeah. thinking about Usually. selling some things. Uh, and she had me over and I was blown away by the archives. So now if you are interested in R.T. Livingston archives, they're, they're, you can see them in the special collection. Um, Nancy Gifford, uh, boy, I visited her studio. She was working on this magnificent piece. I mean, actually, it's huge, huge, the, you know, the, the, like the size of one of those storage containers. Um, and it was like, a collage of all these different books and with gold trim and titles all collaged together in such an interesting pattern. I mean, I was just floored when, you know, I mean, the, the, the concept was awe-inspiring. And lo and behold, um, UCSB also was inspired and, and adopted that piece for a while. Um, and, and it was absolutely a showstopper. Uh, you know, and, and then we can go on. We can start to brag about all the rest of the women that are in this panel today. Um, and, and, you know, we we're talking about this show. Uh, we, the Western Edge Broad Spectrum at the Thomas Reynolds Gallery. Uh, let's go, Richard. Let's go to quick break. And then, yeah, let's go to quick break. And then I'd like Marlene to talk a little bit about her work because I was trying last night to write notes about what I could say, uh, you know, visually what I could convey with words. I found it difficult um, to, to talk about your work. And so I asked Marlene last night to send me a little bit more about how she creates. And she sent me um, just a couple of quotes. And when we get back, we're gonna talk to Marlene Ed Moses, who she admires, said this, and Marlene puts it in the notes to me last night. The point is not to be in control, but to be in tune. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love that on anybody's business card, especially <laughs> family members. <laughs> um, people often ask me, she writes, just like you did, Elizabeth, about how I go cre about creating images. These are hard questions to answer. I'll start by saying, as you will see, I painted realistically in the past, uh, which she did. She painted, you know, landscapes, interiors, figures, et cetera, from preconceived idea. She worked in many media. I work, she writes, I work in many media, but always shunned watercolor because it was too immediate and uncorrectable. 
And then she surprised herself by writing what she calls happy mistakes. And that's what I want to explore a little bit with Marlene when we get back um, we get back from the break. She's got two works in present show. Glowing Grain of Sand. It's a reflective, flaming, figurative element lying on a background of natural material. Um, and she talks about like the, 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 the smallness and the bigness of life, I think, in this piece. What happened here is another piece. She writes, it's about a traveler coming upon a world destroyed by fire or war. And RT, it's interesting because Marlene says, perhaps this is a warning of future catastrophe. How interesting. I know RT and I've talked a lot, little bit about that and the you know pre-configuration in RT's work. Uh, so, so when we get back, I'd love for Marlene to talk a little bit about what happens when she works and what this idea is of the happy accident. So let's, hey, Richard, let's go to quick break. When we get back uh, from the break, Marlene's going to talk to us a little bit about happy accidents. Don't turn that down. And I'm talking uh, thanks to R.T. Livingston for the for the, giving me this inspiration to, to do this show and, and pulling together some of the great artists of Santa Barbara. Uh, I have Nancy Gifford with me, R.T. Livingston, Marlene Struss, and Joan Rosenberg. Yeah, they are participating amongst other artists, um, of which there's well, how many of you guys are there? Uh, quite a few. There are 12 in the show. 12 in the show. Thanks, R.T. Uh, Thomas Reynolds Gallery on State Street. His show is open. Reception, I think, is February 10th, 5 to 8. Um, Nancy, Nancy, are you coming to the reception? Um, I missed it last night, and I'm trying to get in for the 10th, but I'll have to see. Okay. Love to see you. Um, so, yeah. so we're, yeah. I, wanted no, Mar like I wanted Marlene to talk a little bit about you know what, Marlene, this is what got my interest because um, you write, I, this is, this is something that I've often found. I remember we had years ago, we had a Michael Drury, who was a uh, director of uh, the art classes at city college um, painter. And I asked him um, what's the hardest thing to teach young, uh, young artists. And he said, well, in my opinion, the hardest thing to teach young artists is when to stop painting. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. And so, but here I'm reading Marlene's, you know, descriptions helping me to get into the work. And Marlene says, verbatim, I don't give up on a painting. I keep working at it until it's pleasing to my eye. Playing God like this, being completely in the now when I paint, loving all colors, uh, it, so so she doesn't give up on the work. I remember Michael Marlene said, I said, well, okay, so Mar Michael, you, you, you're you telling me that 
the hardest thing to do is to teach a student when to stop painting. How do you show them in their work that they've gone too far? How do you show them that they needed to stop before whatever happened? What happens? I'm actually, uh, I'm actually, I'm actually stopping a little bit sooner than I used to when I first started painting uh, abstractly. Um, So there's an art to that. Uh, I have just, I have more or less messed up quite a number of paintings in the beginning when I was uh, started painting with acrylic abstractly. I, I messed up a little bit by going too far, thinking it wasn't perfect enough. But uh, uh, now I'm more confident about my painting. And basically, I stop whenever it's done. Um, when I can look at it and I cannot think of any way to improve it. Um, and that's all about my aesthetic uh, judgment. I Some other people, I think, maybe would would continue on and add another color or whatever. And actually I've done that too. I, I, (laughs) there've been a few times when I've, I've already uh, coated the painting with the polymer varnish. And I think, Oh, I really need some red in there. And I'll go back and add a little bit here and there just to, to make it exactly like I want it. And it's, the paintings are all about me. I mean, I, it's, it's my aesthetic sense. And I I just feel that if I like it, there's gotta be somebody else that likes it too. Uh, And that's what the painting is all about. It's, I call it biomorphic abstract expressionism. And I mean, I paint in layers. Uh, I don't really use a paintbrush very often, except maybe to outline in the end kind of to tighten things up just a little bit, but um, it's just completely different than having an image in your head or a photograph you're going to reproduce in paint, uh, any other kind of painting where you have some, some structure or something in your mind ahead of time that you're, you've seen before that you're going to put down on the canvas. Um, uh, abstract expressionism, just by definition, is is painting without a, it's painting intuitively. So I basically just start with my colors. I'm, I'm I consider myself a colorist, I guess, and I start with the palette and start with one color and apply it in some way. Maybe splash it. Maybe uh, press it on. Uh, drip it on. I don't know. Um, It's whatever I do in the beginning. And that is just sort of on impulse. Whatever I do in the beginning sets the tone for the whole painting. And then from then on, it's, it's, it's not easier, but it's, it's easier in the sense that at least now I have a problem to solve. And uh, I have a, a one layer of paint that perhaps needs another color or, needs some balancing, whatever it wants at that point, um, I give the painting what it wants. And uh, I use just real interesting materials. Like the last painting I did, I used one of those um, rubber 
um, exercise balls, those huge exercise balls. And uh, it was flat. So I, I put the paint on that and then I pressed it on and it got some beautiful nature like designs. So I do. Oh, okay. I do uh, uh, a lot of experimenting and uh, with not, not a preconceived idea, but I have a, a road kind of a road map from one layer to the next layer. And uh, so it's so that's so interesting. Uh, so you mentioned two things. I just want to focus very quickly as Richard's giving us a sign. We've got to go to quick break. Once you start a painting, what's so interesting to me is I love researching that creative process. Uh, I started out as a painter and it, I remember I was, you know, um, uh, trying to go to college for, for fine art, et cetera, et cetera. And I was 16 to 18 years old and I was uh, I had a summer job in Chicago and I worked for an artist, a fairly well-known artist in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, mixing paints for him and working, you know, printing press and this sort of yeah. thing. And, um, you know, I was in, it, so in, in exchange for my, uh, my labor, you know, he paid me a little bit, but he also was teaching me. And one day he said to me, and I was also selling for him. Uh, you know, I was young, but I was selling for him in his, in his yeah. gallery. And one day he said to me, and he was, had this very thick, um, he's from Spain, very thick Spanish accent. I'll never forget it. He said, you know, Elizabeth, you're not a good painter. You're just not a good artist, but you sure know how to talk about art. So why don't you go to school and learn how to do art criticism? And it was like, okay, I get it. I will. And, you know, I, I, I look back at those days and I, you know, my, my family has some of my paintings. And I think, my God, that guy was right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, no, but I, the thing is, what you're saying is that once yeah. you start the layer, now you have a problem to be solved. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I love it. When, Richard, remember when we were um, right at the beginning of COVID, I had a bunch of uh, actors um, who were doing a show about an artist. I forget what the name of the show was, but um, uh, I had a contact in, in New York theater and uh, they honored us by coming on to the show and doing a reading. And um, I said, so you guys are doing these readings, you know, via Zoom, you're having Zoom theater and you're such, you know, incredibly professional, wonderful actors. And what, you know, what do you think about this? And he said, I wish that, the, that New York City would call on the creative community to help solve this COVID problem. I said, why? Why artists? Why not, you know, epidemiologists, doctors? He said, because artists, are the problem solvers of this world. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's what and the creative just, process like, is. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> That's my, by the way, Marlene, I just wanted to say when I asked Michael Drury how how he teaches, of course, he's teaching plain air. Yeah. So how he's teaching plain air, when to stop, he says, well, I point out to the students who have not stopped. Yes. that they have created the brown potato in the sky. Yes. <laughs> yes, I know that. Know that uh, potato. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Rich, let's go to a quick break. When there's a painting there. Break, yeah, there's a the brown potato. Uh, For you. I, I, want, I want to talk to Archie, but I also I want to get to Nancy because you know, Archie writes that she's wit, witty and she certainly isn't. Uh, she writes me, Elizabeth, wonderful to see you again, or to 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 propose seeing you again. I am basically still up to no good. 
She's got two works in the show, Sweet Crude, from the ongoing series titled Heaps of Trouble. <laughs> and, of course, she writes that Heaps of Trouble, the series probably won't end cryptically. Yeah, right. Tarsans. She's part of the Tarsans part of the series Shape of Things to Come. There's a lickable surface tension. The shapes are amorphous. They're amorphous shapes. Elizabeth, just like our future, lacking clear definition. Ah, love Nancy. Love how she uses words. This idea that RT picks up on when she gives the quote about our our own Nancy Gifford that paint a painter is a failed poet. I love that's that. That's Nancy's RT. quote. Oh, that's Nancy's quote. Okay, so you these are not your quotes. They're quotes from no. Uh, these are all the artist quotes. Got it. Got it. Richard, let's go to quick break. I want to talk to Nancy when we get back. <laughs> oh, he's not. He's still up to no good and creating heaps of trouble. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't turn that down. I'll be back in a minute. Welcome back. It's Elizabeth Stewart. I'm talking with just a wonderful, wonderful artist today. I'm talking with uh, Nancy Gifford, R.T. Livingston, Marlene Strauss, and also Joan Rosenberg-Dent. And they are participating in a show called We, Western Edge, Broad Spectrum at the Thomas Reynolds Gallery uh, downtown on State Street in Santa Barbara. And I asked if um, we could talk a little bit to, to Nancy Gifford. And I just refresh your memory before the break nancy had written me that she's still basically up to no good she's got a couple of things in the show sweet crude from the ongoing series titled heaps of trouble she writes doubtful that series will ever end it's very interesting nancy it reminds me both work remind me and the tar sands is the other the other piece uh part of shapes of things to come a lickable surface tension the shapes are amorphous like our future lacking clear definition when I was looking at those pieces, because Nancy sent me images of both those pieces. RT, can you believe this? I mean, this is something that I need to be shrunk about, I think. <laughs> when I was a little kid, like five or six, I started to have reoccurring dreams of the desert after a rain, mm -hmm. where you know how the the mud dries like crackler on an oil mm -hmm. painting, mm -hmm. and it lifts up like that, mm -hmm. and vast, vast desert of all these pieces of mud lifted up like crackler uh, and I still have that dream okay, I don't know what that dream means but I was looking at Nancy's pieces I'm like oh there's my dream and then I find it's called tar sands you know um so it tell me about that Nancy tell me about the work um well I do have this ongoing series called Heaps of Trouble. And um it's an it's a way of abstracting big big issues of our time, but trying to just abstract them in order to exercise them out of my own psyche, I guess. Um the uh this the sweet crude, uh I also did a sour crude. Uh the difference between sweet and sour crude. Sweet crude is the good oil that we doesn't have a lot of stuff in it and we keep it for us. And then we get the sour crude out of the Gulf of Mexico and we ship it around the world and it has a lot of phosphorus in it. 
So my sour crude piece is all yellow and the sweet crude is black. But um, it's but it's the way of doing it in a really, the pieces have an organic feel to them. Um, they do. I don't know. I just, they're almost, they, they, they move and they, they, they do have a, I don't know. It's just, they're like an entity to me, but these heaps, but it came out of, it came, I started the series when I was, you know, in Santa Barbara. And then um, I did a show that I had some heaps of trouble in my first heaps. And then uh, about three weeks later, we had the mudslides and um, across the street from my house and there were massive heaps of debris everywhere and everywhere I looked were heaps. So I took a lot of pictures of the heaps and I re realized I was just surrounded by the heaps that I had just been using in my work and it really gave me the creeps actually. Um, but now I just, it's sort of, like I said, it's sort of a way for me to exercise um, things that are going on on the planet. And so that will continue. <laughs> and, uh, it's, and then the, and then the other one, the tar sands is coming out of a series I'm doing. It's called the shapes of things to come. And I do feel, I can't, I can't see the future anymore. Everything just, and Tom Petty had a great quote. Um, he said, the future ain't what it used to be. And <laughs> It, to me, it just said it all. And that's how I felt. And so now when I'm trying to paint and, and trying to make art, everything just starts becoming very nebulous. And it's very hard to, to pin anything down. As soon as you pin it down, it shifts. And so that's sort of where it's my, my work is going and with it. Um, it's like I said, my work is mostly about exercising demons, I guess. Um, but uh, I try to do it in an abstract and beautiful way too. The, you know, I want the work to be beautiful. I'm using a new surface that I developed. It's these layers of resinous kind of, it's non-toxic resinous material. And it, they, they do, they look, you could lick them. <laughs> so <laughs> be my guest. You can lick the piece. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, it's, just, it's, I know what you're, I know what you're saying is the future ain't what it used to be. It's, um, <laughs> I mean, the risk of sounding, you know, like an ancient old crone, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, it's there, there, uh, some, sometimes at night, especially, it's like, yeah. what, what, you know, what's the point really? <laughs> it's, it's just, it's a, it's an odd time. It's a very odd time. You know, thankfully, we do have work like yours to look at, kind of bring us out of it. Because it's like, okay, that really hit me. It was like I saw my dream of this wasteland of, you know, the, yeah. the mud the mud lifting yeah. up in big chunks, yeah. like big cow pats all through <laughs> this big desert. And I was like, okay, there's my dream. Um, you know, and, and to see that it's like, like you said, it exorcises on some level. You know, it exercises on some level. Um, Richard's giving us a sign we got to go to quick break and then I think Richard do we need to, to go to another break after this one or are we clear You're, one more break okay so let, so we'll go to quick break now and then I, I actually would like to talk to Joan Joan is a ceramicist and she's you know a three-dimensional artist and we haven't talked to her about her process 
Uh, I'd love to talk with her about her process when we get back from the from the break. Don't turn that down back in a minute. Welcome back. It's Elizabeth Stewart, and I'm talking with some wonderful artists about a new show that's opened at the Thomas Reynolds Gallery. Uh, the artists call themselves We, Western Edge. The show is called Broad Spectrum, and today I'm talking with Joan Rosenberg, Nancy Gifford, R.T. Livingston, and Marlene Struess, and we're talking about their work that's in the show. Uh, and I want to talk with Joan a little bit because she's a ceramicist and, and Joan tell me about your process and the and the pieces you have in the show well the pieces uh all my work uh is conceptually uh derived it's always about an idea and the challenge for me is to take this idea and make it into a visual uh piece of art and I get my inspiration mostly from dance because I was a dancer and I, I'm very aware of form and space and the relationship of the dancers and the space around. And guess what? I'm now the choreographer. My yeah. pieces have become the dancers. It's all about the same thing. I'm still dealing with form, not my form, but the form I'm creating. I'm dealing with the spaces that I that I make. And the, the most important thing about the pieces that are in the show are the shadows. My pieces all are really enriched with the lighting, the shadows that, the, that they create fill in the spaces. So it's it's all about the dance of, of the pieces, but they relate to a concept. One piece is called raw edges. And the and the when I tore the porcelain into strips, the edges were so absolutely beautiful, I didn't want to touch them. And I thought the rawness of this material is so fabulous. So I made hundreds of pieces not knowing how they were going to dance together. And then I created this piece. And once it was hung and lit, because I created it on a tabletop, looking down, once it was on the wall and lit and those shadows just danced through the piece, my piece became alive. So the shadows are so important. And the way that Thomas lit them yesterday for, at the opening, it was amazing, just amazing. To have them out of the out of my studio and in a gallery in that kind of lighting, so the the piece raw edges refers to the raw edges of life, the raw edges of people, the raw edges we encounter all the time. And my other piece was called haiku because it took the a certain form, just like in poetry, a haiku is a definite form. It's very formal, and so is this piece, and. It just, as soon as I did it, I just reminded me of a haiku and uh, a Japanese form of, of poetry. So that's- you know, it, it's, I think we talked about this before, but um, so, you know, my background is ballet as well. And so I remember I was in a balancing company 
Uh, I remember our director was a Balanchine, uh, Patricia Wilde, one of Mr. B's favorite dancers. And I remember she was artistic (laughs) director of our company. She would go up into the nosebleeds, Joan, and look straight down at the choreography. She never looked at it straight on. She looked at it from Mm -hmm. above. And and that really reminded me when you said, mm-hmm. okay, you're looking, you know, you're creating something tabletop and then, you know, you're putting this up to, to actually, that's the performance part. You know, here's, right. here's, here's rehearsal. Here's the performance. Right. Absolutely. Uh, as you're, yeah. So I get it. Richard's giving us a, a sign. We have to go to a quick break. And then we get back from the break. Uh, I wonder if RT could sum this up for us because she has such an eloquent uh, erudite way with words, and I, I love the I love listening to RT. <laughs> so let's go. Let's uh, go to quick break. Oh no, we have to go. All right, Richard. So RT, say goodbye to everybody. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. <laughs> We've got Thanks. a few minutes. Thank yeah. you so much. Do you want me to say anything? Sure. Well, I I am so grateful for this opportunity for all of us uh, to be able to express our creative energy on this Western edge. And all of us do so with, with great thought. And the, the work itself is not only representative of the edge, but it's also very beautiful. We can have beauty on the edge. So come and see it to Thomas Reynolds Gallery, 1331 State Street. Thank you all, Nancy, Joan, Marlene, Artie. Thank you so much. It's great to see you guys. Love you all. Bye. Love you. Thanks. Thanks.